Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, my name is Neil White, and from Backpage, this is Between the Lines, a podcast that tells the stories behind great sports writing. Except for the second time this season, we're focusing on film. My guest today is Tim Lee, a producer on the official film of the 2019 UEFA Champions League final. If that title sounds a little dry, I promise you that a viewing of this short film will soon change that perception. Filmed across 48 hours by four roving crews in Madrid, this is as artful a matchday documentary as I've seen. It's also groundbreaking. Its focus is not just on superstar footballers, but on fans of Liverpool and Spurs, and on the street sweepers, window cleaners, and newspaper vendors of Madrid as the city wakes up on the day of the final. For once, we are on the side of the referee in a football match, inside the official's changing room, as Damier Scamina, the referee, tests out the spray he will use to keep defensive walls from stealing a yard and checks his hair before kickoff. We can even hear the exchange between Scamina and Christian Eriksen after the award via VAR of an early penalty for Liverpool. The post-match scenes are emotional. Liverpool players connect with their parents, either in person or on the telephone. Lucas Moura, the Spurs forward, cries as he waves at his loved ones in the crowd. And all this in a little over 12 minutes. It's well worth that much of your time, and you can find the film through the link in the show notes to this episode. I started by asking Tim to clarify a key issue. I'd seen the film online a few times on different platforms under different titles. So what is his award-winning short actually called? Well, the name is the official film of the 2019 UEFA Champions League final. Bit of a mouthful. Yeah, but it's, it's the first time UEFA have commissioned an official film for one of their Champions League finals. They've previously done it for things like the, the European Championships. But in Madrid 2019, for the first time, they, they got the teams together to, to produce this. So the commission was official from UEFA, which explains the phenomenal level of access, which we'll talk about. But can you explain a little bit about the commission and how it ended up with you guys and also who you guys are? Let's start with that, because when I first got in touch with you about doing this podcast, you I think one of the first things you said was, hang on a second, it's not just me. You know, I'll, I'll talk to you, but it wasn't just me. So can you explain the team and then how UEFA came to you guys? The team is IMG, International Management Group, a US, enormous US global giant um, with arms in management and production and stadium management, etc. But um, IMG have a, an exceptional relationship with UEFA and they produce, for example, the magazine programming for Champions League, for Europa League. They do lots of the international football. So there's already an existing relationship there between IMG and UEFA. And on this occasion, UEFA decided they wanted to make this official film from the Champions League final and, UA and uh, IMG were in charge of crewing it and, and producing it. So I was a small part 
of a very big team of very capable, very motivated people who came together to try and put this together on behalf of UEFA. Specifically, what was your role in that team? So I was one of two on-site producers. It was me and James Wilson. We were the two producers who were in Madrid filming. We had in total four crews in Madrid. Two of those were specific to this official film and they were three people in each crew, a cameraman, a producer, and a sound recordist. But we also had two additional crews who were filming on behalf of the Champions League magazine show. So there were very good resources there. And with the magazine show, which is a weekly program commissioned by UEFA, produced by IMG, that is an existing framework of programming where the crews go out to matches at every stage of the competition and film these kind of behind the scenes shots where they're not so much looking for the action on the pitch and the ball where you've got you know in the region of 30 40 cameras already picking up the major incidents it's more the fly on the wall observational stuff around the game of football it's people in the crowd it's members of the organizational staff it might be somebody from the police force or somebody a mascot it's all these kind of little details that have a little bit more of a human level to it so in written journalism we'd we'd refer to the elements that you've just described as color and and it, that is really what comes through it's the sort of visual equivalent of journalistic color that is the beating heart of this film. It's what makes it different and it's what makes it memorable. What exactly was the brief? You guys must have been familiar with what is expected of you at these other games. Was the brief for this film any different? Yes, it was different because let's say that broadly speaking in various forms of television, there's been a move um, possibly with the advent of more affordable cameras and uh, you know, cameras becoming smaller and smaller and, and semi-professionals and amateurs being able to buy extremely good technology. There's been a bit of a movement, in my opinion, towards less traditional, um, less uh, practiced and coached setups where there's steady shots, tripod shots. And there's been this almost this sort of um, guerrilla style get out and about handheld and it doesn't matter if it's a bit out of focus and it doesn't matter if it's a little bit uh, jerky and that's become on the eye of the viewer I think across the world more accepted you, you watch many you know high-end mm, drama series now they're handheld there's a little yeah. wobble on the camera so that's just been a trend uh, you know a, a fashion if you like that's seeped into programming whereas with this exact brief for the Champions League final, there was a conscious decision to move, if you like, back to the old school and say, no, we want the shots locked off. We want them on a tripod. We want them steady. We want them held. We want them in focus. We, we, the idea was to go a little bit back in time and, and, and back to the old school where it was slower and the shots were longer and they were more traditionally composed. So you earlier on used the phrase fly on the wall that I was going to come to because I don't think this is what has become our understanding of the term fly on the wall, especially in the last sort of 24 months. The level of access to elite sport in terms of um, television programming and documentary filmmaking has, has really opened up. I think a lot of that stuff is related to like sort of proper fly on the wall where 
the mo motivator is the access and it really doesn't matter what the shot is as you said you know there's going to be some wobble there's going to be some stuff out of focus there's going to be you know Andy Murray filming himself on his phone in his in his bed as he recovers from the hospital and it doesn't matter because the thing that's important is the access but the thing that that lasts with your film is the level of art to it the the images kind of are as important as the content of them. You know, the composition of them is as important as the content of them. It must have been quite a pressurized situation because I don't think you can say to um, Christian Eriksen and Virgil van Dijk, could you just do that again, please? You know, we didn't quite get the shot we were after. Can you go for that high ball again? Exactly. You're right. And for example, there was only one crew in the room with the referees. And I thought, I mean, I've also just rewatched yeah. it. I've watched it numerous times, but I rewatched it just before talking to you. And it brought it all back it was it was a real joy to see it again and some of those shots that the crew in with the referees got are so intimate there's a shot of the referee um, just fixing his hair and that shot is beautifully framed and and the shot of him ch testing his spray on the floor there was high standards to hit and when you take on a job like that you're aware of it but it's part of the thrill really and I suppose as well you know you we had two days to film because we were there match day minus one as well and there was a lot of the build-up you know it was a 12-minute video in the end and and I just noticed watching it back that after six minutes the game kicks off so that gives you an idea of how much focus there was on the event and the build-up towards the football but the football certainly wasn't everything Exactly. There's a wonderful sequence on the morning of match day where we begin with street cleaners, a newspaper vendor, a window cleaners, fans, and eventually you get the players coming off the bus. And all of those um, individuals in that sequence, they give an equal time, they give an equal consideration. I wonder, do you have any idea of the total amount of footage that you came into the edit with? Four crews filming across two days. This will have been hours and hours of content. And to condense it down to 12 minutes was an incredible job. And as, as I'm, I'm sure you know already, this is a video that won an editing award. So Lucas Musil was the editor and, you know, he did an incredible job because there was so much good stuff to choose from. And even post-match, there were incredible emotional scenes. And we saw the likes of Henderson. We saw the likes of Adam Lalana talking to his father, Mohamed Salah on the steps and Alison right at the end. There was such an emotional embrace between Trent Alexander-Arnold and his family where he's there with his parents, with his brothers, and they are holding each other and they are saying, son, we are so proud of you. We are so proud of you. There was just so much emotion on that pitch. And, you know, that was, if you like, the climax. But across the two days, there'd just been so much amazing fanfare to go and film sights, sounds, atmospheres, smells and Someone said to me before they watched it, they said, what is it? You know, what is this that you're, you're recommending me to watch? And I said, well, really, it's a look at the Champions League final more as a human event as opposed to a game of football. And then they said to me afterwards, they said, yeah, you, you were bang on with that. And it, it was this whole sense of, um, yeah, just it being a human event. And that's why when you see all those preparations that you referred to, Neil, uh, the shop shutters coming up, the window being cleaned, the newspaper being sold, even on the eve of the kickoff, you see all of this apparatus being wheeled out for the pre-match ceremony. And it's just this kind of glimpse into the sheer scale of this event, but not just focusing on the football.
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The planning that you guys did, I mean, what is the balance between planning and executing the plan and reacting in the moment to, to where you should go next? Such a good question. Um, obviously, you do as much planning as you can. But I think anyone that's been out on the field in these kind of roles will tell you that inevitably it's that reacting on site. It's moving where you sense something is going to happen. It's reacting when perhaps um, a permission, an authorization that you thought you would have doesn't arrive. You thought you would film X, but suddenly you can't. So there, there's obviously lots of vital planning beforehand. But once you're there, that's when you it really comes together. And, and it's almost like all the theory feels slightly irrelevant by that point because you're just at this stage, right, we're here. We've got the cameras. We've got the audio equipment. Let's go out and do this. And if we need to slightly change from the plan, you you change from the plan because you just have this sense of, right, let, let's go out and let's capture this. Let's do the best job possible. So, for example, when the teams are training on match day minus one, one of our two official film crews is right down on the touchline within two, three feet of the players. Hearing the audio, for example, of the fitness coach who's counting the passes, nine, 10, 11, 12. The other crew was right at the top of the stadium. It's a vast stadium, getting those beautiful wide shots with the sun coming down in these sort of strips across the turf. And there's no one else. There's no other crew up there. But they're up there getting something different. And, you know, it's just that um, teamwork, really. Okay, well, if you're, if you're going to be tight, we're going to be wide. If you're going to be uh, with, with Tottenham, we're going to be with Liverpool. And, you know, if you're going to be on the sideline during the game, we're going to be in with the fans. So you, you just spread your resources and try and capture as much as you can. And then each crew tries to capture it as well as they can. Can you think of an example of the kind of situation you described earlier when you thought you were going to get a permission or a level of access that then fell away? And can you also think of maybe a moment that appears in the film that was improvised in the moment? Well, I, I definitely can. And that is um, post-match. We thought we thought we had full access to be on the pitch. Um, inevitably, when there is a game of this size, there, there are so many layers to the organisation, so many layers to security. And 
you you can never quite brace yourself for just how it will unfold you know liverpool have just won the european cup it's it's pandemonium it's euphoria it's scenes and as i went onto the pitch with my crew which was andy white filming and mark schofield recording there was a few issues getting on now we 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 thought we had full access to be there and it took a little bit of persuasion but when when i say persuasion i mean you've got jordan henderson who's you know seconds away from list, lifting the trophy and you have to just try and make it happen as best you can staying obviously within the remit of what you've been granted by uefa um but there there was a little moment there where we thought we wouldn't get some of those on-field shots and and eventually we did on match day minus 1 there was um some filming we wanted to do in the canteen you can imagine the hospitality what an enormous job that is and we wanted to get into the kitchens of of the stadium and uh, we didn't get granted that permission so as you're doing things there are certain elements you wanted to film and you find you can't but that is just part of the course really and and you adapt you try and you try and either work around it to then gain that permission or you have to move on and look for something else so you're always reacting there's two um elements from from the coverage of the match and the aftermath that I want to talk to you about um just before we get onto the sort of critical and an audience reaction to the film The first is Christian Eriksen's interaction with the referee after the very early penalty is awarded in the in the final. Um so I'm sure everybody can remember um that Mane plays it up and it is Sissoko I believe uh who's who's handed it strikes and then we're tight in on Eriksen and the referee and we can hear crystal clear we can hear the referee speaking to Eriksen and Eriksen saying to him what can he do and the referee is simply saying check it so he's kind of speaking to the um the uh the 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 VAR official and he's also kind of speaking to Eriksen assuring him that that the decision is being referred upstairs i haven't seen too much of that kind of coverage of the interaction between a football referee and a player certainly not at a top level game was that always going to be part of the deal or is that something that you sort of worked on afterwards that was always intended to be part of the deal in my opinion neil this this element that you you're talking about the referee's audio with the var team this was pivotal to the success and the way this film engaged the audience uh, the other element that in my opinion was pivotal was the access in the room with the referee um they were two things that i think made the film stand out because although the access appears remarkable a lot of the other access the magazine show would get on any other champions league match so in the tunnel close to the fans by the players as they warm up by the players as they do the anthems and the handshakes but in with the referee's pre-game was very intimate very special and then this audio file which we intended to use and it was it was the release of it was granted by UEFA that gave a whole new level of intimacy and exposure to the officiating and although in other sports these files these audios i mean they're played out live football's different and yeah. that that was extraordinary and people that watched the film spoke about this very incident wow you get to hear eriksen talking to the referee you even get to hear the referee saying he he calls a foul on a push two hands Come on guys, two hands. At one point he urges Trent Alexander-Arnold to run to take a corner, not walk. Isn't that amazing? And from if I'm not mistaken, it's from that corner 
that Divock Origi scores the second goal. You pick up the audio as well of um, Virgil van Dijk, who, who wins a big header in the penalty area, but just before it and just after it, you hear him geeing up his teammates. And these audio elements were crucial. I mean, as ever, as a producer, you look at it and you, you look to the next step and what can be done to improve. And there are, there's more that can be given, there's more that can be done. But obviously, we're very happy with what we achieved in 2019. Surely, um, I mean, as a, as a football TV producer, you know, if you were in charge of um, trying to find another gear for next season's live coverage for which you've paid millions and millions and millions of, of pounds. Isn't this an example of somewhere that, that television coverage of football can go? Well, this this is a fascinating question. Um, American football is one example where the referee's audio is available. It's very clear when they're discussing any video assisted decision, what's going on. Same with rugby union. Football is a very different beast. Whether whether it will move towards a more sanitised um, dialogue between players and manager, we will see. Whether they can eventually, you know, release these um, audio files live, we shall see. But it's it, it's an interesting one, as we know that most of a lot of the interaction between the referees and the players uh, wouldn't be fit for pre-watershed, and that's the the sad reality, the sad reality of the the way in which. Uh, footballers generally speak to referees. There is a very different respect that, that's given towards the, the officiators in football. You mentioned the post-match stuff, which is just unbelievable. Uh, Salah on the phone, the final shot is Alisson, very, very happy Alisson, sitting in the middle of the pitch, speaking on the phone. Lalana uh, calling his, his father, Firmino embracing his mother, um, and most memorably, Jordan Henderson finding his, his father um, and the two of them, uh, embracing that one that last one Henderson and his dad you're you are almost part of the embrace I, I just wonder how you get that close to such a personal moment well th- th- this is an interesting one in terms of access and in terms of planning because I was with uh, the on-pitch crew and we filmed that as well that was the ded- one of the dedicated official film crews however that image that you saw is filmed by a cameraman called Andrew Stansfield and he was part of the magazine crew who didn't have access to be on the pitch but consequently was even closer to Jordan Henderson's father and had that more intimate proximity. It's an example of how planning isn't everything because in the end it was the crew with inverted commas less access that got that shot and they were just so close to one of the most evocative images really of that Champions League final if anybody has um, seen the longer version that was filmed on a mobile phone and this goes back to what you were saying at the start Neil about fly on the wall and and the intimacy that embrace the audio is released uh, because someone captured it on a mobile phone and it's incredibly moving but yeah the crew that we had on the sidelines was, was right there and, and able to just get and capture a sense of the pure emotion in that embrace. Okay, Tim, listen, just finally, let's talk about um, what happened after you guys were, were done. Um, the response seems to have been uh, overwhelmingly positive. What was, the, what was the initial feedback? And then you already mentioned the awards. Um, tell us about everything that happened once the film was complete and out there. Well, these hours and hours of footage um, went back to London where um, they were ingested and logged, etc. And uh, the producer back in London, David Snowden, 
worked with Lucas Musel to produce this 12-minute video. Um, initially, we all thought it was superb. We were all delighted with it, and you know, we were we were proud of what had been put together. Um, I think what really helped, being brutally honest, um, the exposure of this film was the fact that Liverpool Football Club put it up on their YouTube page. And, you know, when clubs or players get involved, they have such an enormous following that really that helped the video have liftoff. And also it helped that uh, Andrew Robertson tweeted about it. You know, that was massive to see one of the victorious players um, putting out a big red heart alongside a link to this video. So that that was a real uh, endorsement in a way. And, and, and it gave the video... Um, greater viewership then a few months later it was um, it eventually won the editing award at the Royal Television Society ceremony so that was great credit to Lukash and David generally speaking with football people want to see things live they want to see things immediately especially in today's era with uh, you, you know smartphones etc but this was a, a fairly rare example of something that was more reflective um, a little bit more considered and it just looked back you know a week later two weeks later or a month later whenever you came across it it just took you back to this historic game of football which obviously has such poignancy for Liverpool fans and also for Tottenham fans their first ever European Cup final and it just gave them a chance to relive it with this kind of human element Thanks to Tim Lee for talking to me about the official film, the 2019 Champions League final. You can find the film via the show notes for this episode. Between the Lines is produced by Backpage. We're on Twitter at Backpage Press and our website is backpagepress.co.uk. Our music is by Michael McGarry. Thank you for listening. There'll be more Between the Lines next week. Bye for now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.